Yo, what's going on everybody? This is Corey Murray. I'm the host of Black Men Sunday's show about generational wealth, about finance and advances. gonna keep this party going so uh with that said man we're gonna introduce our guest for today my man living with gilmer this cat here is crypto miner i'm gonna call him a crypto king man this dude has property this dude is an investor he believes heavily in bitcoin he believes in the crypto economy the crypto he's when you think of crypto, this brother goes against the grain. You know, he challenges financial advisors. He challenges accountants to challenge his philosophies. But Lynn, welcome back to the show, man. You know, um, if you haven't, if you don't know about Lynn, you haven't heard about him, watch episode six. We're going right into it. All right, Lynn, you, you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you All for right. that intro. I appreciate that. All right, well, let's let's dive right into it, man. We got my financial brother on the line. So, you know, let's go and get this party started, man. So you basically have a go against the grain philosophy. You know, in talking to you, you were 50% crypto and 50% stocks. And, you know, you basically said that you would like to challenge uh, a financial analyst or advisor on that philosophy because it's worked for you. So if you don't mind, just, you know, talk a little bit about that. What I was trying to illuminate in that argument is I get where they come from and I get why they say it, but it's not entirely honest. But you can have to talk. When I say that, I say by being having trepidation about crypto, it's to me, it's kind of like, um, all right, for example, right, like your doctor, your doctor gives you advice. A lot of times that same advice that doctor doesn't take, right? The doctor, the, the bottle might say take two ibuprofens, but the doctor is going to take four because he wants to get rid of his headache. And meanwhile, the doctor, the bottle says two. Um, a lot of times what advisors and the professionals advise are like one size fits all general overall things. And they don't necessarily benefit the person they're telling to, nor are they necessarily profitable. And I think that's what the staying in 10% in crypto is. Most of the people that have that opinion, they kind of arrived at that. Most of those people that have that opinion right now today in 2022, to me, were the same people that had the, they had the exact same opinion in 2017 that it was worthless. And in 2013, they had the opinion that it was a joke. Being they're so heavily invested in the stock market and the existing financial market that they're probably the least capable of seeing the potential of crypto. Again, I'll use the same analogy I used before, akin to Blockbuster with Netflix, right? Blockbuster was so heavily invested in all the brick and mortar they had with Blockbuster stores and all the VHS tapes that they had, they couldn't see the future and all the potential with streaming. And so although Netflix offered to sell them to them several times, they turned them down because there was no future in streaming because everybody went video VHS tapes. And that's the same thing when you're trying to get some of these traditional financial advisors when they talk about um, crypto. They'll say once they say keep it at 10%, they'll be on the other side of trying to sell you a product five years from now. Every dollar that goes into crypto is leaving our traditional market. They're, all right, hmm, I'll make it simpler. You got the road to wealth, right? The yellow brick road, the path to wealth and all the different societies and all the different markets. There's always people that walk, try to walk that road, right? And all of those different times, though, there was people that are always on the side of the roads charging tolls and they're toll masters. And they don't they don't care if you get up and down that road. They don't care how far you get. They're just there to have their hand out for you to pay along the way. 
It's how we got our most of our banking system. It's what mutual funds are. That's what these target retirement funds are. There are other ways to make you pay to try to get to where you want to go. And Bitcoin is a way that, that takes you out of that economy for what we have in this day and this time. And people that are invested in being those toll masters have a problem with it, as they should. The word inflation is big right now. Um, yes. You know, financial, when you talk to a financial advisor, accountant, they're definitely, you know, and it's a fact, your dollar that you're spending now on the eggs or the milk or the bacon, you know, that's not the same dollar you spent on that bacon when you bought it in 2009, 2010. But I feel like with when we talk about inflation, you have a different perspective that goes against the grain of financial advisors and accountants. So share that with the crew. Okay. Well, most people consider inflation to be healthy or at least some bit of it healthy. And then they have a traditional way with how to deal with inflation, which is, you know, once they raise interest rates to kind of combat inflation, they got us run into bonds or run into um, municipal funds or run into some type of other government investment. Now, because the interest rate is up, that investment is going to pay more. That's built off the same traditional investment model that, you know, the government lowers rates, that spurns investment, which for the most part it does. And at the same time, when the government raises rates, that takes money out of those more risky investments because they can make more money off of safer investments, which is T-bills or municipal bills like we talked about, since the government's paying more for those investments. Thing is that I, I guess that I have a problem with traditional um, finances. Inflation is not cyclical. It's not a surprise. It's the standard rule. And so in that case, there's no reason to act like inflation is higher, inflation is low. If you look at, for example, I'll give all our listeners something to look at. Look up nominal, nominal interest rates and then real interest rates. And most of the people on our economic level where the advisors are lying to us, they have us looking at interest rates, just traditional interest rates. Interest rates not looking at it minus inflation. If you look at the stock market, if you look at some of our growth, and you subtract out inflation, you see we've been living with inflated growth for quite some time. So to me, it's dishonest to keep having people bank on having low inflation when inflation and its growth is a, it's a norm. Inflation is a hidden tax. And this is why we need to learn about inflation and how we can use our investments to counteract inflation, right? For example, a lot of people are trying to buy just like right now, inflation is going, um, inflation is going through the roof, interest rates are going up. The reason why the stock market is really going down is because interest rates are going up, not because inflation's, uh, not because inflation's abound. Most of these, a lot of it, when inflation was even crazy, a lot of that just turned into inflated stock prices. What you see now is you see a correction on those same inflated stock prices, right? When we, if you look at it, there's not, we look at, if you take a step out and you look at what we can invest in and where we can invest. For example, if you look at interest rates, one of the biggest things we have, another gap we have is all of us are invested in the American economy. So that's why we're all talking about the same inflation problems. When a financial advisor to me, the best thing they could do, one of us is the biggest way to us to hedge against inflation is for us to find a way to maybe that 10% you want to put in crypto, put that 10% into another economy. You could have, There's other economies that are growing against our economy because they don't have the amount of inflation. So it's real growth. And our inflation has been growing. It's just growing higher than they expected right now. And that's all. And they're still underreporting it. So commodities, everybody, we all talk about the sexy consumer stuff. Everybody wants to buy the Nikes and the Disney's and the consumer stuff. 
A lot of that is based on the economy, based on people having enough of disposable income to spend a lot of money with those brands. If we're expecting in inflation to be up, then we're also expecting consumption to be down. So we shouldn't be investing in stuff that are relying on American consumption, right? We can invest in stuff that, that's, that's more inelastic to American consumption and American disposable money. Right, like some of these telecommunication systems, some of these commodities, like I was speaking of. You know, you guys seen what happened with the price of lumber. Corey, I've been telling you about Rio since I met you, right? You done seen that stock price already go up with 12% and they're paying a healthy dividend and that's because they deal in commodities. That's what, one of the things I've been looking at, mining companies. Those mining companies, those other hedge against commod, uh, those other hedges against inflation is what I would be directly in, in investing in. Not more mutual funds and not more of the system and not more consumer stuff that's dependent on consumer. Hey, can I ask here. a quick question? Mm -hmm. yes. um, this is Allison from Virginia. Uh, oh, do you up? think that the stocks in, uh, say, steel, machinery, uh, military supplies are going to go up because we're about to, uh, this thing going on with Russia? A lot of that's already priced in. Everything with, mark everything with the market is priced in. Probably the biggest thing, here goes another thing. Have you never heard me on the thing is as investor, as a value investor, you want to think long term and not that short term cycles don't have an impact, but short term cycles are harder to predict than long term cycles. Right. And if you look uh, at we were in of, Afghanistan for 20 years. Exactly. So and then at the same time, we just pulled out of Afghanistan. I'm saying to say a lot of our military growth and the growth you would be anticipating has been priced into any of those stock prices right now. Most of the stuff that would happen in the next 30 months is priced into the stock right now. The stock market is pretty good with figuring out the next 12 to 30 months. That's why when interest rates, just when we knew interest rates were going to go come up, it was just a matter if the Fed was going to be serious and finally raise them because they haven't. All of this has been signaled in the market for years, years. And I don't even watch the news like that. I promise you I don't. But this has been signaled for a while. And so by the time you seen the stock market drop, it was just because the Fed was serious with raising the interest rates. And you seen institutional money run to where it was safer. But most of the stuff that you were anticipating as growth in the market that's happening with Ukraine, I believe most of that has already been priced in the markets. I don't think there's a lot of arbitrage to go. Like most of the stuff where it goes with markets is where it goes with stocks or most of where I made money is figuring out. What do I know that the market hasn't caught up with or the market doesn't believe or the market believes too much that isn't true? Like crypto, right? The market thought, oh, this is this is worthless. This is a joke. That's why it was so cheap compared to everything. That's why the opportunity was there. So if everybody thought it was like um, Google, right? Google's got a, what, 20 to 1 stock split or 10 to 1 stock split coming up. People are running out to buy Google. That just that's built into the stock price. You're, you're, you're not, all those people buying in right now aren't going to get those gains. The people that bought in a year, two years ago are, but the people that bought in the last two, three weeks, they're, yeah, it's all a rub. It's all trading fees. So that's not to say that I don't think Ukraine, but I think a bigger move with Ukraine is like, I can, I, I haven't even got to see it, but from when I was watching on Squawk Box, they were worried about palladium markets and lithium markets. So I'd be more worried about what happens to the global market for those commodity demands, given there's going to be international turmoil over there. Word. Good answer. Um, Nelson, man, um, you know, financial advisor on the line, man. Uh, let's hear your thoughts, man. <laughs> there's a lot of truths in what he is saying. Um, however, um, I'm a proponent of having crypto. 
in my brokerage account. If you're going to work with a financial advisor, they have to be fit for you. Like I'm working with some older clients, right? And so when you're dealing with people who have money, it's a different conversation versus people when you're trying to grow their wealth, right? So they have to trust you. So it's a courtship, but I always court my prospect client. So the first thing you want to do is you want to see, is this person a good fit? Do they fit me in my risk tolerance, right? They need to figure out your risk tolerance. Like, I don't know if, in my opinion, if your advisor doesn't know your risk tolerance or he hasn't put you in through, through some computer models, or sometimes you can just gauge it based on conversation. And sometimes when you, when people say something to you versus when you're losing real money, real time, you see what I'm saying? You can say one thing, but when the market, if, what if the market dropped 40, 50%, even in crypto, can you stomach that? That is a question that you got to ask yourself that you see what I'm saying? When you, when, when, what, what is, is different when we're, we're sitting here and everything is fine, but if the market were to drop, can you handle that? And so crypto is a very, very uh, volatile asset class, right? It, it, it is what it is. So in, in, in saying that, if you're dealing with Nelson, Nelson's going to say three or 5% in your broker's account, don't have it tied up with your, your, your uh, retirement. You see what I'm saying? I don't believe that you will lose all of it, but the expectation, if I have anything that I have in my brokerage account, I can lose all of it and I'm comfortable with it. I own personally crypto that you, you're talking to an advisor that owns crypto, but it's a small portion or slither of my overall portfolio. I don't have anything that I need for retirement in crypto. That's just me. That's me. If you're going to, I'm going to tell you the same thing. Yes. I have one with mutual funds. I know that they work. I have doubled my money in two years in some mutual funds, right? So I know that they work. I'm not going to tell my clients. See, when I also with my clients, I'm not going to do something and do opposite of what that's hypocrisy. So whatever I'm doing, I'm going to, you see what I'm saying? I'm going, whatever I'm telling you, I'm going to be following, right? I'm giving you my blueprint, right? And the beauty of it with depending on if they're independent and, and things of that nature, you know, and, and the size of if they're a box uh, advisor and things of that nature, they're only going to be able to, they're, they're only going to be able to offer you the products that they can serve you, right? So I get it. What, what uh, you know, the guest speaker was saying, you know, these canned portfolios and everybody gets the same thing. And then it also, it, it depends on the experience level of the advisor. You see what I'm saying? First, when they start trying to learn things, you know, and they're, they're filling you out or whatever, or trying to fill out the, their way through the finance, finance, right? You see what I'm saying? They kind of have to go with, you know, well, what is this person doing over here? Or this is how we do it, right? And they may have a box solution for people. And then another thing I want to say is you also have to also look like, all right, am I in the wealth accumulation phase? Am I in the, the preservation and distri or distribution phase? In those phases, you're going to do different things, right? I'm going to do one thing to grow my money. I'm going to do another thing to preserve it. And then when I need to distro and, you know, uh, when I'm taking distributions from my money, I'm going to do another thing. Keeping in mind, I have to outpace inflation. And so... Um, I'm just a, I'm, I'm, I'm a very straightforward, fundamental person. I'm not I'm not a proponent of Dave Ramsey and people, you know, Dave Ramsey is getting a really bad rap of having, you know, just a can one one size fits all approach. <laughs> and that's just not that's just not that's just not right. Right. So when you're dealing with advisors, it's going to come down to their experience level. If they you know, you may have a more risque uh, advisor 
you're looking at, you know, big, big term dollars with, you know, people with hedge funds, they're taking more risk, you know, and, but I'm a, like, for me, I'm just a, a bit base hitter type of guy. You know, if you're, if you're, um, if your goal is a million dollars and I only need a 9% return, annualized return year over year, I don't need to get some, I don't need to take, you know, I don't need 20% and I don't need to take that risk to get that 20%. All I need is nine to get me to my goal. And so you need to really be asking your advisors, okay, is this a realistic um, uh, return, you know, that you, you, you say that you can potentially get and, and things of that nature. Um, so I, I, I get where, you know, the, the speaker is coming from, but it, it all boils down to, hey guys, if you, if you don't have your 401k, if you're not maxing out your 401k, putting 20,500 in it, you know, if you're not 50 yet, um, if you're not maxing out your 6,000 in your, your, your IRA, why, why are you in some of this risque stuff? You know, it's a fear of missing out. It's, it's the glitz and the glamour, but when it comes to putting a financial plan together, it just needs to be black and white, plain and vanilla, right? You learn a few rules in a game, you may want to put some, uh, you sprinkle in some uh, real estate in, into your portfolio. You know, it's a non-correlating asset, you know, that works independent of the market. And, and that's fine. And you just go with that, right? But you keep it simple. And then another thing is, what are you doing? Like we, we're talking about stocks and all this and what's going on and the economies and all that other stuff. What does that honestly matter if you are a buy and hold, that's me, type of investor, yes. right? And if you're not buying and holding, you're tr basically trading. And then it's just like, I mean, how can you, yeah, you can look at charts and all that other stuff and you can make moves and, you know, I'm not going to get into the stock that my, my, uh, one of my colleagues was talking about and he's, he's, he's been on the show. I'm not going to say any, any names, you know, and he, uh, he purchased it and then he sold it and he made quite a profit, but is it him being sophisticated and skilled or did he just get lucky? So I don't have time for that, right? There's going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's going to be terror attacks. There's going to be all these things that continue to happen over time, right? And so if you know these things, just stay steady, stay the course. You know, if you want to pick stocks, pick five, whatever. I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't do, I don't do individual stocks in my retirement account. So just do that. Just know that these things happen. So we're talking about, you know, things that are going on and being priced. And, he, and, and, and the speaker's right. Yeah, they, they, everything's priced. Um, you know, this inflation, I, I, I agree with what he's saying on that. All that's priced into the market and things of that nature. And those are cute to talk about, but what are we really trying to do here and accomplish here, right? We're trying to grow our money. So just put it in something, let it sit and don't be selling and all that other stuff. Stay the course. Why am I selling oh, yeah. this stock? Why would I do that? Okay, go ahead. No, I no, I, and I agree with most of it. I agree with it, like a lot of what you said. And I, I think you got a great point because I because like the to the point that you were saying about there's different types of money. And I, 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 I've highlighted that when I spoke on here before. There is a different type of money. For example, my mining rig. When I started my mining rig, I went to I went to a couple of people. They weren't interested. They weren't interested in Bitcoin. Um, they were they 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 sitting with seven, eight figure money. There's no reason to take that type of risk. Um, for that, for where you're at. So I do think it is about your risk tolerance. But one of the things I think that has been painted with with crypto is that it's more risky than it actually is. And one of the reasons why I think it's less risky is because it does have a correlation to our fiat system. Although it doesn't correlate with the stock market very well, it does correlate with the supply of our, of our monetary supply. 
And because of that, that's why I was talking about the other overall market trends, because if we learn about those market trends, then we can see a little bit better with how crypto and other deflationary or fixed assets within that crypto community can correlate with our fiat money supply, right? So that's why I was talking about the interest rate, not because I want anybody to be a day trader or that I'm a day trader myself, right? Okay. But yeah. there are there are certain cycles, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah, not, and not that we're gonna be out here trying to play every cycle, but one of the things I think that I'm talking to to your point is at least where my role is, it's not it's not to challenge their financial advisors or necessarily say that they're absolutely worthless. I'm more on the other side of how do we challenge us as individual investors so that we can step up our sophistication. And then now we have something to bring to the table when we talk to our financial advisors. And, and in turn, they're going to actually step up. That's how it usually works. Like, you know, basketball coaches do well when they have basketball players. They don't do well with football players, you know? And I think that's one of the things. So when one of the things we try to do on the show is trying to make better basketball players. Absolutely. Absolutely. The advisor is to keep you invested. Right. And mm -hmm. it may or may not be best interest for you. It just depends. Right. So mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. I can't, I can't just say, but you see what I'm saying? So they want to keep you. Oh, you said invested, it right? for, me. for example, to, to me, like I aside from anything with most of my decisions in life, I go with skin in the game. So I don't listen to anybody that doesn't have skin in the game, right? Like, right, right. Um, that's a good question that you need to ask any advisor. It, okay, you're you're putting this portfolio together, and and it, it depends on their risk tolerance and anything like that. But okay, say for instance they they say they select this fund family, right? Well, what's different from fund family Z versus fund family A? Do you have your money in fund family A or Z? You need to ask those questions. That's yeah. just my opinion. And so I'll tell you, hands down, you know, and especially if there's something, a fund that I've used, I personally use, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to that. Uh, and I'm always going to have skin in the game um, in, in, in that, in that fa fashion or whatnot. So, um, but yeah. Lynn had a different view of inflation versus, and he touched on it a little bit on here, but you know, I wouldn't mind him. Well, it's like a lot of it, like even what he's saying with DCA, dollar cost averaging. I mean, that's one of the things I've been doing with crypto. Like people are worried about it with Bitcoin. You know, I, I, that's one of the things I say. And I, again, I wouldn't say put your retirement up. I'll echo what you said. I wouldn't put, you know, I wouldn't be trying to retire in five years and put everything in there, but dollar cost averaging even in crypto it works just the same as crypto as it would with stocks we're buying those over time being able to take advantage of the ups and downs of the market and I, i'm i'm a living testament to that you know what I, mean? I, I would say that um because I, I being steady and being i guess again doing with going back to habits but i, I don't want to take the floor go what you, you gonna say bro no 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 it's it's it, you, you were you were uh spot on like um you can't be putting money in on birthdays or when you feel like it, or, you know, because it's Tuesday, this is something, if you're going to be an investor, you got to put it in religiously every month. That's how you build wealth. You got to just do it, do it, do it, do it. It's like me going to the gym, right? If I go, like, I didn't go to the gym at all this week. So I can't go in there, you know, just thinking that I'm going to be looking the way I want to look next week with one day, right? So I have to commit. Me committing it, for, for example, the gym, what I'm trying, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is I have to be um, disciplined enough to do it month over, well, day over day, month over month, if I want to see results, if I want to grow muscle. Same thing with 
the crypto markets, whatever it is, whatever amount it is, and put it in there every month. You don't have to make that sacrifice, right? So mm-hmm. if you see what I'm saying, if your 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 vibe mm-hmm. is uh, eating out, well, you know, give up a meal a month or two meals or whatever it takes to get you a sizable amount, whatever that is, whatever you can stomach, and you put it in the market, and you'll end up with more of a thing, more assets over time. You're buying assets, right? When you're dollar cost averaging. You're buying shares high sometimes, you're buying shares low, but at the end of the day, you'll end up with more shares, right? Versus just throwing your money in there haphazardly, right? Because you're 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 taking advantage of the ups and downs of the markets, whether that's crypto or whether that's uh, you know, the stock market. If you don't have something set up to where you're investing every month, and I mean you, and you, you don't put yourself, take your make it foolproof, make it uh automatic. You got to make it automatic. Make it sure it's coming out of your check whenever you want, however you get paid. And it, so it takes you out of it, right? So or if I have... For, no, no, go ahead. Uh, for me, what makes it automatic is like the concept of paying myself first. Hey, yes. That's that, that's go. where it just, that's what it is. If you really look at it, is paying yourself first. And um, what I try to do, and it's another habit, just not even about money, just overall life is like, I try to do at least some, one thing every day that like the 10 year older me would be thankful of, man. That's rather if it's like doing my pushups in the morning or doing my little workout or putting a couple dollars away in stock or eating healthier or feeding a relationship that I really care about. But if you do that, if you kind of look at it like that and take your money and at least get 10%, like you might even have your 401k, your retirement or whatever. Cool. Whatever you get after that, take that 10% and put that away too. And your future self will thank you for it. Absolutely. Yeah. 10 to 15% is the goal. That can be daunting at first. You start off where you can. Okay. If it's 1%, it's better than nothing Two. Anytime you get a raise or whatever you got at work, instead of going and spending it, buying a car, buying clothes, because because clothes are not assets. You see what I'm saying? If it's on your ass, it's not an asset, right? So, um, and just doing it that way. Every time you get a raise, like my, my raise this year that I get on the job or whatever, I don't need it. Personally, you know, I'm in a blessed place. It's, it's, it's going towards uh, my retirement accounts or my investment accounts, right? assets and assets and you just do it like that and over time you'll look up and you're like whoa you see what i'm saying i'm putting 10 percent or 15 percent of my money away right and if you are if you you have an employer that has a, a, a match that's free money you're leaving money on the table right so make sure that you you know you at least invest to the match right and you won't miss it i promise you you won't so these are the fundamentals and again i'm a fundamentalist because that's where most people mess up they never get past the fundamentals, right? And so I'm a fundamentalist. So that's the key. Just just to the match, 6%, right? And, you know, most companies don't give 6%. It's probably more like a three. But if it's three, if it's dollar for dollar, hey, do it. If it's 50 cents on the dollar, do that. If it's 25 cents on the dollar, I don't care what it is. It's free money. Do, do that. Paying yourself first. I mean, we're hitting you with the concepts, the keys of life, the keys to build wealth. Thank you both, Nelson and L, for your perspectives. And I agree with you both. I think that uh, L is just ahead of his time, right? So I think Nelson is going by the book, you know, his professional development, what he's been taught in school and his um, courses over time. But I think L has a more futuristic approach that, you know, could be risky. But at the same time, I think L is speaking some, some truth 
um, no, you have to also pay attention to the media, right? So what has Tesla been saying about using crypto to buy their car? I think Saks or one of those Wall Street bank companies are also putting crypto on their books. So I think they're anticipating the move you know, in the future. And also you have governments trying to regulate it as, as well. So that's kind of derailing it at the moment. You know, Russia trying to ban it, China trying to ban it at the same time. I think it's just a huge movement that the people want. Um, the younger generation is starting to adapt to and adopt. It's just a matter of time before, you know, you're, you're you know, kind of pivoting, saying, hey, maybe let's do more than 10%, let's try 15%. But at the moment right now, I can say the, the market is waffling for both uh, stocks and crypto. But I think both of you have good, good points. It's just that you want to play it safe or do you want to, you know, uh, see the whole picture and be futuristic and get, get ahead of the curve. But I appreciate you both, your input. So I think you both uh, spoke well. Thank you. I mean, Joe makes a valid point. You know, do we want to go conservative or do we want to go futuristic? It's both. Like, like I, you know, like I said, it's just what percentage of your portfolio are you, you willing to, to place on the table? And then you better have a hedge against, against the volatility of, well, that asset class, right? You know, so that's, that's my only thing. Don't put your retirement. I don't care how much money you put in it. I just wouldn't bank my retirement on that. If it does well and, and the asset class performs well for me, and like I said, I'm going to tell you the truth. I do have crypto in my broker's account. I mean, if it does well, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not concerned with it. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm not following the latest news and all that other stuff. I don't have time for that. I just know that it's, it's a new asset class and I need to, I should have, I should have invested in it in, 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 in the early the what, 2010, 2013, but you know, it's, 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 it was just, you can't cry over spoiled milk. So what, what can I do now? I can put my, I can dip my toe in it. And just, you know, uh, like I said, for me, it's three to 5% of my overall portfolio. Um, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not moving off of that. That's my stance. That's me. And I have, that's me. And I'm very, uh, strict with how I, you know, do my portfolio. I'm not, I'm not moving off of that. That's, Again, that's me. And, you know, but that may not work for Joe. That may not work for someone else, right? You, you've, you've, got, you've got to determine that. Even advisor, I can't go in there and just, you know, impose my will on a client. You see what I'm saying? If I know they need to grow, if they're behind and I know what it takes, but they said, hey, this, is, this temperature is too hot. Can you please tone it down? You know, I, I can't do that. That's not in their best interest, you know, or that's, you know, I can get in trouble for that. I can't just, do that. So if I were dealing with a client like you, then we, you know, you know, you, you, you would have to tell me that. And, and I would adjust your, you know, portfolio according to what you tell me, you know, and then when there's bad times and dips in the market, you know, you'll, your, your expressions, you'll, I'll get that phone call. I've gotten phone calls like that, especially in times like these where it's real volatile, you get, you get phone calls, especially when you've, you've got people's life savings. You see what I'm saying? Like I said, it's a totally different conversation when you've built wealth, you're trying to preserve that bad boy, right? So the things that eat that thing away is volatility in these markets and taxes, right? That, that's your main, those, those become your, 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 your main concerns because they can, you know, wipe out some of your, you know, your wealth, right? Not as long as you stay invested, it doesn't. But if you need the money, right, in five or 10 years, or you need it now, then I mean, it's, it's, it's just different. You got to keep those things in mind. One day, you know, wealth of building is over. And do you want your money in, you know, in crypto then? 
You see what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. You would have to tell me that. And, and you know what? I want to jump in and just say, man, I appreciate both of you guys' professionalism, expertise, knowledge of what we're discussing. And, you know, uh, L, uh, Nelson makes a valid point. You know, with the volatility, you're a crypto guy, crypto miner. You believe heavily in it. How do we live through the volatility where conventional, you know, I'm not saying Nelson's conventional, but He's oh, not, no, I don't. He's not going to be I think a risque, you know what I mean? So no, no, I think it's. I do understand, and I, and I well, I, let me let me start all the way back to where I wanted to first speak. So I don't. I, I appreciate the brother saying I'm futuristic. I, I don't. I don't think I, I haven't come to that conclusion. But even calculus, algebra, trigonometry, whatever, it still relies on the fundamentals. So I don't think anything I'm saying is like discounting what Nelson is saying. Um, even with big, buying Bitcoin, or just because you buying Bitcoin or a more volatile asset, there I've had friends. That, man, I went ahead, I dumped a thousand dollars in Bitcoin. I ain't, I ain't made money yet. I started a mining rig. I ain't make money yet. I say it again. I, I've been mining since 2017. It took until last year. There was a, a Forbes did an article and said Ethereum miners are the ones that are you know making all the money. It took three years of not making no money. I was out here paying the light bill. And Ethereum was at eight hundred dollars, you know what I'm saying? Like for for a while before it got up to three thousand, four thousand dollars. Same thing with Bitcoin. I was buying Bitcoin when Bitcoin was eleven hundred. It shot up to five. It dropped back down to thirteen hundred. Um, I had to hold through all of those periods. Same thing when it jumped jumped up to fifteen thousand. It was friends of mine that went ahead and sold and bought cars. I didn't sell my Bitcoin. Dropped back down to seven thousand. I didn't sell it then either drop it, jump back up to 25, and I didn't sell it then either. Part of what made me not sell it is the same reason why I'm a value investor. And to the point, me and Nelson agree with me. It's because I have a different understanding of what the actual value is of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And like I've been trying to tell y'all, Bitcoin, albeit whatever we got with our money and all the stuff that we have based on the dollar and all the economies that are pegged around the world to the dollar, the dollar is primarily controlled in its value. Just like they say, well, Bitcoin is not backed by anything. Most of the stuff that they attack Bitcoin with are all faults of the dollar. And so like to the point what Nelson was saying earlier in the market, when I'm talking about market trends and global trends, they're not necessarily requirements to be a basic dollar cost averaging. I'm going to buy this ETF and I'm going to keep my head down. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I got an uncle, I handle his retirement right now. He's 68 years old. He ain't retiring. He ain't waiting for Bitcoin to hit 100K to retire. So, man, he's definitely making his returns, and I got him in ETFs right now. So I'm not saying Nelson's way don't work, but I'm also think that there's a this voice doesn't get any airtime as to actually where the merit and the money is when it comes to crypto. And that really is in the fact that the reason why inflation is constantly going up, and if you look at what basically inflation is, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. Because albeit right. they can print all the money they want, they can make all the new PPA loans they want, they can't make the new, they can't make a new number of oranges, right? We all seen trading spaces and we all seen how those two guys' fortunes changed over the amount of what came up with orange crops. It's because the amount of oranges coming out is buying large fixed. They can print more money. And what they'll do in an event is make oranges worth more. And so we're investing in things that either can leverage that knowledge or be succumbing to that knowledge. 
just like the knowledge of compound interest, right? It's an angel to the person that understand it, and it's the devil to the person that doesn't. And I think that's the same thing when we understand what crypto can be and our interest rate and how we work with the fiat and fiat money, right? Whatever happens with the dollar, however it goes, our economy is funded by debt. They're gonna need to raise the debt ceiling five years from now. And when they do raise that debt ceiling, they're gonna have to print money to cover that gap. And that's gonna increase the supply of money and that's the inflation that Nelson is talking about that we can bank on. That same inflation is going to be going up based on a fixed supply, just like other deflationary assets, just like New Jersey or Corey's down in Florida. There will still be Florida there. They won't be coming up with no new beach land. They probably will lose beach land by then, right? But we'll still be printing more money. So the houses down there will be worth more. And that's because there's a dirt on a fixed supply and our money isn't. Bitcoin is on a fixed supply. We got two experts on here, two different flavors. That's what I like. We got two different flavors of financial maneuvership, if that's even a word. You know, I'm creating my own words on this genre. But um, that's, I just want to say it's been a good spirited debate, you know, uh, healthy discussion. Um, you get to see both perspectives, um, you know, and listen to the um, some pros and cons of you know, uh, a boat. So I, I appreciate it. And like uh, L was saying, Rivian, I, I put some money in that, that stock and um, I saw it drop. You know, I, I looked forward, was a partner in the beginning and before it cashed out, you know, when the IPO came online. So it took a little tank in regards to that. But I do believe that um, electric vehicles is the future as well. It's, it's going to be a big um, commodity on the stock market. So I, I do want to co sign that. But uh, yeah, spirited debate healthy discussion. Uh, you brothers have great insight. I appreciate it. What's futuristic about his approach and what about it you love so much or you, I, I, you know, I call it, I call it, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, throw no shade. Or, I was trying to give him, you know, it's like, you know, uh, a little jargon um, in, in the streets as saying it's, you know, it's, it's futuristic because it's not traditional. Like um, Nelson is going by the books, right? Nelson is doing the best practices that, that he's been taught, you know, well, Ed is, Ed is coming from a different perspective, a different lane. He's um, eager. He he sees the value where, where Nelson is taking like uh, it's like being spoon fed with it, and he's doing the best practices of what he feels is the best outcome for him and his clients. So you know, as I say, I respect both. I think uh, that's that's why I use the term futuristic because I think you know, like I said, these uh, Goldman Sachs, these Wall Street companies are putting crypto on the books. Um, Tesla's putting crypto on the books. AMC is talking about using Dogecoin for entry fee, you know, so it's like, it's, it's coming around slowly. It's just, you know, uh, you want to jump on the train now, or you want to, when, when it gets 10, or do you want to jump on when it gets, you know, two hour, uh, 10 miles down the road, you know, so that, that's why I call it futuristic. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. I, and then to the extent, right, kind of look at some of the larger trends that we have. Physical money is being phased out, you know? Only mm -hmm. 8% of the money supply exists in the physical world. Only 8%. 92% of the money that we got exists on in digitally. Doesn't exist physically. That's a good point because you got Apple Pay coming out with this, you know, so I think the hard copy currency is phasing out. You're right. And look at LA. Corey, what's the name of the Staples Center now? CRO, crypto.com, but you know, that's right. CRO, you know, I speak the, right. I speak that, that stock language you heard. And they, I heard they, they spent, they spent millions and millions for that, you know, so it wasn't cheap. So I'm hoping they did it for the right reason. So I see crypto, Super Bowl, you saw what, Coinbase commercial, right? 
it, so what well, was trying to, you know, he's trying to get ahead of the game. So that's why I call it futuristic. But Nelson, at the same time, I respect him. You know, he he's doing the best practice, uh, the traditional way, and it it both are, could be win win. So it is what it is. And Nelson, any response? Hybrid model, do both. Just make sure that I I, I would say for me, I'm going to make sure that my traditional way is set so that when I jump over in here, you see what I'm saying? The, the, the wrong thing to do is put everything over into a future right? And then, which I don't think the bottom is going to fall out. I was really seeing it was, I saw that it, it, it could stand its own during the pandemic, right? What, what we were experiencing in 2020, that was like, it had no test. So it's passed its first test, right? At, you know, after that, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is legit. And you know, the, you, you got it. You, you're right. Everything is moving towards digitally. You know, we don't carry a physical currency anymore. So again, just if you're going to do it, do a hybrid model. And, I, and we say Nelson is by the book. Nelson takes um, his approach from various schools of thought. Right? There's nothing wrong with the wrong thing to do is just say this is this the way it is and i'm not moving from it right it's okay to go over here and experience but make sure you have some of that traditional stuff um i guess that's what i'm trying to say it's traditional uh stuff already set up just in case you see what i'm saying one fails and then put money over again into the, the crypto space as well just in case you see what i'm saying there's something over uh, and the, on the, in the traditional ways of finance and, and making money as well. There's nothing wrong with having your toes in both, but again- I agree. I, to, I mean, I agree. So like even to echo his point, like I'm telling you about me being a stock investor. I make money off of Bitcoin. I make money off the Ethereum, but there's really mm -hmm. no way for me to make money. Um, like I, I got eight Ethereum. What way do I make money until the price appreciates and I sell them? When meanwhile, I don't want to sell them until they hit 20K. So I'm not really making money. Likewise, I just got paid dividend. I got paid dividends Fridays from dividend holdings, from ETF holdings, from, from other dividend stocks that I hold. So I look at it the same way. If you look at your money and you look at what you, all these different vehicles out here are ways for you to make and have returns on your money. Just like investing in a real estate investment company has a certain rate on it. Investing in software has a rate of return on it. Investing in a company that, that your traditional dividend aristocrat, they got their standard 5% dividend, right? You're going to get that safe return. Crypto is going to come with a faster return. I guess one of the things I want to say is same thing that what you're saying. You have, un, you have unsystematic risk that you don't need to take on. You have too, risk of too much trading, risk of you knowing, thinking you know what you do, thinking you know something that you don't, um, th having bad timing, not having enough money. All those risks are working against you. And what he's talking about are some of the things that you could do, best habits that give you a fighting chance in all those different environments. All I'm saying is add and take all that stuff into account and add on the fact that you can get extra returns in crypto and be able to stuff those away in safe places where you can get safer returns like he's talking about. So for example, like I said, my uncle's retirement with ETFs. I'll go ahead and, and invest in the traditional ETFs. I invest in some of these stalwart, same thing. I'm talking about that commodity company, Rio, right? That's a commodity company. They're based in the UK. That's just my, 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 my hedge to get out of the American government. 
same amount of American economy and get dividends in, in another currency, right? There's other ways to leverage that than just crypto. And I think that's what we kind of need to talk about in the conversations we need to start is how we get aware of these other investment opportunities, their risks and their rate of return. And there's no reason why well, the most irrational thing that we all do as investors is we take on too much risk for too little return, i.e. the stock price or the Bitcoin that's constantly going up, right? Like the person that didn't buy Bitcoin when it was 32,000, but they wait till it was 69,000. Like my boy that worked at ProShares, that's exactly what he did. I've been telling him to buy Bitcoin since it was $1,200. He buys his first Bitcoin at $69,000. So he's still sick, you know what I'm saying? But he bought it at his riskiest point, at his highest point, which if you do that with any asset, you're going to be sick. Absolutely. He missed the boat. Yeah. And, no, and, and not only that, just like you said, I missed the boat, but I'm good with yep. that. There's yep. a lot of there's a, I think that's the most understated thing that happens in investment is knowing when I missed the boat on I missed the boat on Dogecoin. But there's another I missed, one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I missed the boat on yeah, I missed exactly. And then there's some <laughs> and then there's some stuff that is okay to miss out. Like I said, I missed the boat on Dogecoin. I had my nephew, my nephew was hounding me. Man, you're the one that said Bitcoin was gonna blow. Why don't you buy this? I'm like, dude, I don't see no reason why. they don't even have a white paper. I'm breaking down every investor reason why I don't want to put no money in it. My nephew put money in it. He made 3,500. He's 23 years old. He, he made 3,500. I don't care what you got to say. Um, you old. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't hearing nothing I got to say. This Dogecoin is it. It took him to see Dogecoin go down to be like, oh, I see what you was talking about. And it's like, you, but I was okay with not making that money. I could have made more. I could have made money off of that. I, that was a risk I wasn't willing to take on, albeit all the risks y'all here I am willing to take on. I think the difference is some of these things are risks is where the opportunity area for us is the education gap. The more I learned about the economy, the more I learned about money, the more I learned about Bitcoin, the less of a risk I seen where other people seen risks. And I think that goes the same for any stock or any investment. The more you learn about a company or an industry and you know this company, you start learning this industry, you start learning this sector, you started to follow it. You know, you see that they're, they're, they, they, they can compete or you see that their, their book value is way below, way above their, 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 their share price. And you did that math or you want to figure out how to do that. That's a targeted investment and you're going to make above average returns on it. I have a question for uh, Nelson. Yes. Are you going to start looking into the metaverse too? And see how your clients can make money? Oh man, oh man, oh man. I don't know too much about it. I just seen like somebody <laughs> bought something and it's worth money now. Like I said, I don't understand. So I don't invest in anything or, you know, I, I just don't that I understand. Um, it's, it seems pretty silly to me at this time, but hey, what, what do I know? Um, I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I'm with you too. So, I don't know too much about it. I just I don't, digital, I don't real estate, about it, digital real estate and Roblox is real. I challenge y'all to go look at Roblox business model. Okay. I don't know how much I know about Roblox, but like, look, like this is what I know about with these, huh? I own y'all. all got kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews playing on it, right? Roblox is out here. I mean, like, look at the business model, right? Look at the price of what they put the material what product they're putting out and what their return is. They got they got kids making video games for other kids and they're charging them in-app prices for clothes and toys. Mm -hmm. 
and access to these games. And it's like, it costs nothing to come up with this business model and they're spitting it out. And every kid that got access to a game, got it. And they're spending, they're, most of these kids is asking for Christmas money to buy stuff that's on these games that they only access on the game. And that's what the metaverse offers, right? You got Apple jumping in it. All the metaverse is, is a complicated way of saying they're finding a way for these kids to start to live online right and these kids are going to live online they're going to have little avatars and they're going with their avatars they have on uggs or nikes they want their avatar to have the gucci belt and gucci going to be out here charging licensing for all of that and these kids are going to be paying so that they can show off something that don't even fucking exist in the physical world wow right? <laughs> you know what i mean wow and that's what the, and the same thing as roblox these kids are on they're paying 99 cents so they can so they could dress up like a bunny and make the ears pink versus blue and make this and that and they're paying for that and what does that cost it costs nothing to put up right it costs sense to do this as software versus real cash coming in the only thing I'm still trying to got to figure out is how the NFTs playing all of this, but the metaverse is definitely going to pop. Look at digital real estate. Look at what they're doing with digital real estate. These, they're buy, Nike, Gucci. They're buying. They're buying stuff in the surreal estate in the right. in the metal world. On the internet, where kids can go and shop there and buy their Nikes at the Nike store in the in the digital world. Oh, it so costs average, them nothing so to put up. So the avatar, the avatar is gonna wear the Nike shoe. The avatar could wear the Gucci glasses. <laughs> okay, now I get it. All right. Okay. The avatar uh, could go hang out at the at the social media lounge in there in the little world. That's the kind of world that's gonna flesh out. Take some time, read up into it. Read up what read up what Roblox is doing. Roblox got, I'm telling you, Roblox got a couple hundred, you got about a hundred million kids out here checking in with them. They clock in hours. One of their highest employed employees is a 19-year-old. He's making 216000 a year designing games for six-year-olds. They're, they're hiring kids to make games for kids because the cats in their 20s are too old. Yeah, it's boy, just like jewels on top of jewels. Keep going. I'm Alex. just saying, it's like, it's like that's what I'm, I'm not saying I go jump in, but it's like with the NFTs, right? Like some of the NFTs are trash and all of that, but then look at where there actually is a chance for a business model, like what Tory Lanez did with his album, right? He released his album only as an NFT. All dudes did, he sold a million of them in like 13 minutes. And all they did was resell the album. They bought him for a dollar. So he made his million dollar off top and then they're reselling the album for three. Mm. Like, and then tops, tops baseball cards, right? Like, okay, the NBA top shots, I still didn't think there was no money in that or where that money went. I don't know how people paying $8,000 for live shots of LeBron playing the Bucks or whatever, but the tops, tops, I mean, we all know what those baseball cards do in the real world. And tops got in on the NFTs on the virtual world. And that's got to be a signal, not noise. Like, that's what, that's the thing I probably say with y'all too, is try to find out what's the difference between signal and noise. Because there's noise everywhere. But some of this shit is signals. There's signals out there, but you got to be able to, you know, shift them out from all the noise. But I think the tops getting in on NFT is a signal. You know, I got a couple of homies that are like, man, ETFs is trash. It's too long term. I ain't got time to wait for the ETF to boom. Soho only two dollars. I ain't got time for Soho to be 15. I don't have time for GMRE to hit 20. Is that 16 and change now? I don't have time for that. I don't have time for DRD that's at 
I like when I bought it at like eight ten, it's almost nine dollars. I don't have time for it to hit fifteen. What's your thoughts on the ETF game, bro? Oh, I think ETF game is the easiest and simple thing to do. I it it, it, it and do a low cost ETF. I mean, if you're gonna do, I I not that I worked at Vanguard to push them, but they got the lowest expense ratios. Just pay attention to the expense ratio. I a number one, I think everybody should be in the ETF over a mutual fund. I mean, you know. ETFs are cheaper than a mutual fund. If you go look up your mutual fund, go find its corresponding ETF. I bet you it's one to 2% cheaper, which is nice and healthy. You pay less for the product. That's going to make you more money. I make most of my friends more money with that. The first thing I do when I take over the retirement account is get them out of, out of mutual funds and into ETFs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm with Nelson on a lot of stuff. Like I, I, I went to school for finance. I got two degrees in finance. I know all the traditional stuff with finance. I'm not saying all of it is like all fool's gold, but a lot of it is like, you know, a lot of it is waiting too long than what you could do. There's stuff with better rates of return, and then there's stuff that's safer. So I'm like also with Nelson. I agree with Nelson. I went, I'm not one of those people. When the market is good, yeah, there's people that push for increasing returns. And you could try to get your money to earn even more money, but there's a lot of people that lost money that way. And things aren't always good. So I'm one that invests in the market for market downturns. I expect my account, my, my account did great during the quarantine. I did even better during the quarantine when other people was losing money. But I'm built, so I don't I eat a lot of when the market is up, but I eat even better when the market is down. But I, I, I build, I like the all-weather investment. I like the, everybody likes to invest thinking about good times. And that's what you got to right. think about too with those investments. Times ain't always good. You know, there's war right. loom and there's all types of stuff going in the world. So we forecast when time is good and money's easy. We have the habit of forecasting things always being good. And just like Nelson's always saying with crypto, things go left and they usually go left at the worst time. So I like to keep in mind the worst time when I invest. So just like when you said those, you can't wait for them to get, you can't wait for them to get to 15. I'm more happy that they never went to eight. They never went below what you bought of that. You didn't lose any money and you've been gaining dividends in a pretty bad market. Both approaches work for me. I mean, I'm still somewhat of a novice when it comes to investing. So I like to kind of sit back and listen to what you guys are saying. But I mean, applying it to, what I do, I mean, I'm an LLC and have been such since 2007. Um, it's the superior form of business if you're looking to start your own business. Yeah, I apologize. I'm kind of watching the kids too, so you hear them in the background. But um, but yeah, that's the best form of business because you get that asset protection, but at the same time, you get the flow through on the tax level. So rather than being taxed on the corporate level, you know, it flows down to you. Um, uh, sorry, Gary just did my taxes last weekend. You know, we owe some this time, but um, like I would say, that's probably the best way. And um, I guess in the context of investing, um, do it through your LLC if you can. Or any thoughts, um, Ella Nelson, any thoughts on what my man LLC, this this brother here, like I said, man, this brother got his own law firm, bro. So let's go. You get L on New York, um, not L, but Ed on the New York Stock Exchange. You get him a, a ticker. Corey, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't, yeah, yeah, you ain't lying. Get him one, I pull up on him, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, look, I, I love it. That's the best investment, I think. Is Look, it's, I just I just was reading this book by uh, Novel Ravenet, right? It's free on YouTube if y'all ever want it. Ravel Ravenet. One of the things he said in there, the best way to get wealthy in this country in this day and time is own a business or own equity in one. 
and I think that's wonderful. So big up. That's inspirational. I appreciate that. Your word. That's investment is yourself, as they say. So yes, sir, it is. The best investment is yourself. So I believe that all the way. And that's what we got. The same thing as investors. Like, that's what I'm looking at. Like, I uh, I didn't invest, like you saying, I didn't invest in crypto. I didn't invest in all these stocks, all these other companies. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what business to get started myself. And that would be the ultimate investment. I believe. From what you've been hearing today, you know, you, you heard two flavors of, you know, my man Joe said you heard the futuristic um, approach. You heard a more conventional approach, but it has some futuristic flavors in it, you know? And so as a black man, as a father, you know, when we talk about generational wealth, man, like what steps are you taking to make sure that your kids are set up? Oh man, that's a, that's a great question, bro. And um, uh, for the first, for the first part, um, I definitely have a, an incredible estate with through life insurance. I think that's, you know, that's step one to financial freedom as a black man, you know, to be able to, if anything happens to you, to be able to pass something down to your children right away, to be able to create an immediate estate for yourself. Life insurance is the best vehicle to do that. But also on top of that, um, because I'm, I'm debt free, I do invest in not only crypto, I invest in regular ETFs and and uh, and mutual funds as well. So um, I'm doing a great I'm doing a great a great thing, man. For um, for when it just comes to investing and uh, preparing for my future, man, and trying to help as many people as I can along the way do the same thing, which is something that you're doing, which is which is huge, you know, to create a platform that, you know, gives the knowledge out and allows people to, you know, to make their own decisions based off uh, how they're living, you know, financially is a huge deal because that's, that's definitely where we are behind. We're behind in the wealth. So um, it's big, man. And I appreciate it, man. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the information that, you know, the guys have have uh, have, have have shared today. And uh, let's keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. All right, cool. Well, hey, it's Black Man Sunday. I'm your host, Corey Murray. I thank you for tuning in. And uh, yeah, Ed, I thank you for tuning in too, you know what I'm saying, with the kids and all. And uh, we'll holler at y'all next week. Check it out.